What's up, everyone? This is Judy. They hope you're listening to Mad Love. Welcome. So, yeah, I spent last night talking to my friend, uh, Kevin. He lives in D.C. And through the wonders of technology, I was able to interview him and uh, chat with him and chop it up uh, via the telephone (laughs) and place it all here on uh, Anchor for you guys. Um, Kevin and I go back almost 20 years now. He's a very dear friend of mine. Love him and love talking to him. And, you know, hopefully he'll want to come back. And um, I'll be honest, I haven't told a lot of my friends that I podcast. Um, It's sort of like a well-kept secret. And that's why I always marvel at how many of you guys actually listen to the podcast, because it's not like I'm telling a ton of people. In fact, I'm telling very few people. And uh, so this is not like just my friends listening, you know, (laughs) so uh, it's very cool. And anyway, hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, Like I said, Kevin and I go way back and, you know, we like to uh, chop it up about a lot of topics and uh, sports usually comes in there, football. And uh, uh, we talk about Howard because we both went to Howard and, you know, just life. He's a good guy, good friend, and I hope you enjoy it. All right. Can you hear me? If I can hear you. Okay, cool. Uh, We are recording, so don't say anything you don't want the world to know about. So I was thinking about this and a question that I almost always ask all my female friends who come on the podcast is, uh, what would your, what would you tell your younger self now? What advice would you give your younger self? And it almost always uh, revolves around, you know, advice around boys and (laughs) what you like and how you pick your long-term male partners and things like that. So I was just curious, uh, as you're my first male guest. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very mean. Normally, I, uh, <laughs> normally I do this by myself, and then I've interviewed or had, you know, some of my friends come on. But, yeah, you're my first uh, male friend to, to pop on the podcast with me. So, welcome. Uh, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. You crack me up. I find you interesting. And I, I think if you don't get nervous, you'll give interesting answers. But people get nervous. But then the, after the first time, they realize it's really just like having a conversation with me. And, of course, if it, you know, if it sounds nuts, I will edit it out. <laughs> but you can curse. And, you know, any, like if we – so, like, one friend I had – I'm doing all the talking. But one friend I had, she – she was being sued by like her fatal attraction ex, you know, and wow. he was like really extra. So she, you know, couldn't use his name. And so I had to go back and listen to it, make sure his name never was in there. And, you know, anything she was uncomfortable with, I would edit it out. So there's that. All right. Well, I think I'm all good because I don't have any fatal attraction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If they are, they haven't found me yet. Uh, (laughs) This probably won't lead them to you. 
So anyway. Yeah, so do you have advice? This is Kevin Joy. I'm going to give you an intro uh, when I uh, put the audio all together. But do you have any advice for, does old Kevin have any advice for young Kevin? (laughs) Gosh, I actually would have a lot of things. But I would have to say, kind of boiling down to it, I would have to say one major thing I would tell my younger self would be to... Talk to everybody and get to know and network with as many people as you can. Um, one of the blessings that I got from Don yeah. was um, okay. being able to meet a whole lot of people different from myself and a whole lot of people who I look at now who are, you know, doing some really good and stuff like that. And I you know, only keep in contact with a handful of them. And I would definitely say networking, getting to know people who are different from you um, is definitely something that I would encourage my younger self to do because you never ever know who you're talking to and, you know, what position they might be in to either help you out or, you know, for you to actually collaborate on something. So that's that that's a good point. Thing. Yeah. Oh, I got, I got, I got a few of them. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll try to keep them as short as possible. Um, the next thing I would actually tell my younger self well, would be to have more, would be to have more fun. Um, one thing, one thing that I did, I was so busy in my studies and things like that. I don't think I had to have in college. Um, And again, it goes into meeting people and things like that. Um, So I would definitely say, you know, have a little bit more fun and not so serious that um, you wind up missing some of the fun that really should be had while you're in college. The last thing that I would probably say um, kind of goes along with kind of goes along with kind of what my personality used to be. Um, Believe it or not, I actually used to be pretty shy and not really say much of anything um and come to find out in more of being more of a social butterfly now is that closed mouths don't get fed and there are lots of opportunities that i wind up missing out on because i never really spoke up or said anything Hmm. so the last thing i'll probably tell my younger self would be to ask out the most beautiful girl in the world Hmm. and the reason i say that is why not take the risk you know um i was one who did not believe necessarily that i had what it take or what it what it took to be able to engage enjoy the most beautiful girl in the world um now kind of looking back on it i more than had what it took and Taking those risks, you know, it's kind of like, you know, great risk, great reward. Could have probably got rewarded on a few of those opportunities that I chose actually kind of to shy away from. So those would probably be the first three things just off the top of my head that I would probably tell my younger self. Yeah. The the last one sounds like confidence. I agree. I think all of those apply to me too. Um, 
uh, obviously not the beautiful girl thing, but I I would probably try to have it. Huh? You gotta hear with that. Well, I mean, I I I wouldn't go ask a girl out. I, that's not something that I would want to do. However, I would. I would like to see what it would be like to be the most beautiful girl in the room. And like, even though I know I'm not ugly or anything, just it's so hard to get confidence like that. You know, I think, you know, it's just, it's hard. And, and plus, you know, nobody likes the girl that's walking around saying she's the most beautiful girl in the room. However, you know, the confidence that I have now would have been great in college. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of that is just, you know, growing up and finally realizing, like, oh, you know, that whole thing where you have to be with yourself first before anybody else can really see it because it's true. I mean, it doesn't really matter what someone else says. It's really only what you believe about yourself yeah. that really resonates. But those are those are good answers. And so people know. I didn't tell you what I was going to ask you. That's just something you've obviously thought about. Um, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of reflection on <clears throat> kind of like life and where it has me and all of that. And I definitely know kind of in my older age, um, in conversations through, you know, with a lot of different people, um, these are some of the conclusions that I've come to. Like, um, there are a couple of people in my fraternity in college who I didn't necessarily keep up with. Um, who are doing some really big things. And I kind of look in and I'm just kind of like, well, you know, what would have happened if I would have kept more in contact with them? Or if I would have, you know, said, hey, you know, here's, you know, here's some things that I'm doing now. Yes, I could do that now. But there's right. still kind of like, you know, we still have that association, but it's not like, okay, you know, here's, you know, here's my friend or whatever. Um, one other thing about that is, is that every single job that I've had, um, every single actual real sustainable job that I've had has come through my knowing somebody who knew somebody who, you know, looked me up or whatever. Um, one of the biggest things that, one of the biggest things that, um, helped me out was when I was in between doing architecture and teaching, I was an administrative assistant and, when I interviewed at um, this one school and they hired me on, um, there was a conference uh, called POCC, an independent schools or people of color conference. Hmm. And going to this conference, um, you meet a lot of people from around the country, um, all different races, ethnicities and things like that. And it's just a way for, you know, those teachers to really kind of connect with themselves and others and rejuvenate themselves on the battle in which teachers of color go through in independent schools. Long story short, within this conference, the more people you talk to, the more business cards you collect, the more kind of you're, you kind of get your name out there, um, the more mobility it actually can get you. So when I was leaving my other school, I contacted, um, I contacted a friend who was over um, at a school and was like, hey, you know, I'm leaving this school or whatever. Um, please, you know, please let me know if there's anything available. And lo and behold, there was a position available. I was, you know, and she highly recommended me. And lo and behold, find up at that school. So <clears throat> that is important. And so people know we both went to Howard, not at the same time, but we are both Howard grads. And 
I do really wish I was less of an introvert. I mean, I have friends, and I, you know, but I don't, I don't have that network of people from my class. Uh, yeah. You know, Puffy was in my class. <laughs> I know people. If I really just wanted to, you know, uh, reach out to him, I know people who could find him for me. But I, he won't have a memory of me being like, "Hey," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, and there's just hundreds of people of names we wouldn't know probably off the top of our head, but they work for companies I've heard we've all heard of, and yeah, that I mean that that's a good one. That, but it, for me, it was skills. I arrived at Howard, and I just felt like, okay, I don't have the social skills that, like, <laughs> I came from St. Louis, and it's fine. I came from a really regular family, and it's fine. There's no judgment attached or stigma or shame or anything. It is what it is. And then you get to Howard, and it's just sort of like everybody from everywhere, and some of them are let's be honest grown they're already grown uh they weren't growing up they arrived fully formed (laughs) and i wasn't one of those people and so it was just a learning curve for me and the city moved so much quicker than what i was used to and you know the crime was bad and you're figuring out as a girl you're trying to figure out these new boys and like what they like i mean they weren't like st louis guys even the st louis guys that got there weren't like regular St. Louis anymore. They they had up their game, and I guess part of being comfortable with being the prettiest girl in the room would also be that challenge that I talk about on this podcast a lot, which is figuring out the boys and men who want to get to know you, and then the boys and men who pretend they want to get to know you because they really just want to have sex with you. And I'm not bitter about that, but that is a hard lesson that every girl learns, and you learn it the hard way. You're like, hmm, you really didn't like me like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait a I mean, minute. It's, <laughs> it's a hard one all the way around. I, I will say that. It's definitely a hard way all the way around because um, just as much as girls and women have their struggles with the opposite, you know, with, with men and boys, so do men have, we definitely have our struggles with women. Um, oh, my gosh. The stories. <laughs> um, yeah. I get it. So, yeah. So, I mean, it it is definitely a learning curve. Having come from a regular family myself, um, not having any money, kind of being on the poor side of middle class. Ditto, yes. definitely was some things that I on because I just did not have the funds. But I will say um, the grind that I learned from Howard has definitely saved me through and just being you know just having to really kind of you know work hard to achieve you know all the things that I were that I was able to achieve there um really kind of put on me this you know kind of confidence and work ethic that I still carry to this day um you know I you know I was one of 80 students to begin architecture and I was one of 12 to graduate in the allotted five years. Wow. Um, so, you know, and that, and that, awesome. and that was coming in, and that was coming in not knowing, you know, really a lick about architecture. I mean, I had artistic skills and my portfolio was good, 
But as far as actually doing like, you know, actual drafting and, you know, the actual different methodologies behind your thinking when you're putting together something or whatever, that was all unknown, <clears throat> you know. So that's pretty again, cool. Thank, yeah. But again, thank goodness to talking to people, you know, I got the different things that I needed. And, you know, to this day, <clears throat> my best friend was the one who actually helped me get through architecture. So. <laughs> that's very cool. I, yeah. I I do miss I don't miss that age at all. I do not want to go back to being I was uh, 17 when I graduated from high school and I was about 17 for about a month and a half while I got to Howard and I mean I just wouldn't want to go back to any of that. It was all just so scary. Um, <laughs> and I enjoyed it and I loved it, but not because it was fun 24-7. I mean, I learned some hard lessons there. Howard was no joke. And people who worked there, they all didn't particularly love children. <laughs> and they had, <laughs> they had some real hostility towards us. And you just had to learn. And I certainly, by 21, when I graduated, I was a much more... Uh, polished. I had a little bit more technique to me. Of course, I still needed to grow up some more, but I definitely was was not the person I was when I got there. But yeah, this is. I mean, I guess part of it is you just have to continue to grow and grow up. And Howard was great. I mean, while I was there, it was like crack central. St. Louis actually right now is a lot like DC was in '87 when I got there. Just oh lots, God. Yes, lots of shooting. <laughs> Wow. Lots of drugs, lots of um, mayhem, just crazy crime happening in places that, you know, I think when I was about to graduate, they had shot up the zoo or something. And that was pretty much like a line of demarcation, like families hanging out at the zoo and you guys are killing each other at the entry. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad shootout in Georgetown. I mean, things started to turn in D.C. I don't see how they'll turn here, but, yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Uh, but yeah yeah that was good Kevin I like your answers and if you want like that is a lot to unpack but if you want to like just have a a conversation about uh, relationships and stuff that that would be fun the the I don't know male male thoughts versus female thoughts I don't know I don't think I can speak for all women I really only speak for myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I can only and I can only speak for myself and, and you know, and the bumps and bruises I've had in relationships. Um and I you know, I, I would be more than happy to have that with you. But again, disclaimer, I can only speak for myself and from my pers- and, and from my perspective. So I don't represent all guys and I can only speak about the things that I like to do and things like that. <clears throat> but yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah, I I think that would be fun. And I forget how, I mean, we're friends, but I forget how much I like talking to you because we just don't talk enough. But, you know, everybody gets grown and gets busy and it's just been insane. Um, While you were talking early on, my mom was calling up the steps. (laughs) And if I don't answer, she's like, she's not going to stop. And it's like, I could tell her. Uh, I'm going to be podcaster. I'm going to be doing this or whatever. It doesn't matter. She doesn't remember. I told her that. And so it's just going to be like, you know, I'm just glad she finally stopped calling me. 
Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but my listeners are used to not so much that because I usually podcast so early she's not up. But um, yeah, I think that's a lot to unpack. And that could be fun. And I don't speak for all women. I really mostly speak for me. And I'm not politically correct. Um, you know, I I challenge a lot of the status quo. And I'm fine with that. That's why it's mad love. That's why it's my thing. You know, I'm not trying to come on and do do Oprah or any other body, anybody else's style or thing. I'm just a, a middle-aged black woman doing me <laughs> and what I think. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Well, I mean, imagine where we would be if more people listened to middle-aged black women. Imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> well, I listen to one every day. And she has not <laughs> steered me wrong yet. So, yeah. you know, and I can't wait till I can really talk on a podcast. Like, you know, there's so much I can't even talk about yet. So, yeah, it's just, it's fun. And people listen now. It's it's very cool. I'm going to uh, edit this and I will send you a link and uh, when I get it posted. And hopefully the audio came out good. If not, I'll have to call you back and we have to do it all over again. But yeah, yeah. But thank you for carving out this little bit of time for me. I appreciate it. Oh, please. This was, you have no idea how much needed this was. (laughs) But we we didn't really talk that much, but every little bit helps, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And you you know what? It was, it was a divorce from the day. It was, it was a divorce from, you know, just the regular routine I have of life right now. And it was something that was actually fun and exciting and like really cool. And oh. I would love, I mean, I would love to do it again. Multiple okay. Just FYI. So. <laughs> I know. But you're scared. That's another thing. You're in the, what, DMV and you're an hour ahead of me. And so your schedule is kind of hectic. You're a single dad. I'm a caretaker. So in the evening, probably is not what's uh, not what's best for either of us but this Tuesday it happened to work out so I'm excited but yeah we can we can definitely do it again I'd, I'd love to have you on the show more regularly I'm trying to incorporate now that I'm doing more guests I would like to have more men because you know I don't want people to think I don't care for I'm a little fed up with y'all but I still love you <laughs> you know I'm just old now yeah. like I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not that girl. I look back at some of the stuff I used to do to make sure he would keep liking me and shit like that. I just uh, I don't, yeah, I don't care like that anymore. But I still love y'all, you know. So Absolutely. hey, what did you what you think about that Super Bowl real quick? Was that the worst game ever? Boring. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's interesting. I think it would have been a much different game with an actually healthy offensive line for KC without a couple of those controversial calls, but you can't blame everything on the refs and with a more healthy toe. But you, you had to figure, you know, the, the odds were going to be in Brady's favor. You yeah. just, you just have to, you just have to figure that. And, you know, the stars align, but I will say this, as much as I don't like Brady winning seven, the coaching staff of um, yeah. Tampa Bay, Tampa. you have to, yeah, oh my gosh. The fact that you have all women and black 
like, I was like, dude, <laughs> right. like, why aren't why aren't these guys becoming head coaches? And I think right. it really bring to light, you know, the whole thing about the discrepancies and the lack of diversity in the coaching. Like, we're good enough to step and fetch, but when it comes to making decisions, eh, you need to know your place. And that's kind of how I see. Well, you know, I agree. I'm not a huge Brady fan. I never openly root for him. Um, he beat the Rams when they were here, and that 2021 Super Bowl looked a lot like 2001 to me, where they mm-hmm. just shut down a high-powered offense, uh, yeah. mugged the receivers a little bit, roughed up the uh, passer just enough. Um, I saw all that before, and while I don't openly root against him, I'm just not a huge fan. I don't know if something about him, he's almost just too nice. I mean, I think the worst thing you can say about him is he's a Trump supporter. And I don't even know if that's 100% true. I don't know. Oh, he is. He is. No, okay. I'm just, just not okay, a okay. huge... Yeah, there's been lots of confirmation on that. Ugh. I just, there, but there's something about him like, that just keeps me from being like, he's. I, I just don't care for him like that. However, um, their defense was stout. I mean, they yeah, were yeah. throwing Mahomes around yeah. like a rag dog. Yeah, that, um, that game, that game plan was was. Ah, both. Oof, oof. That was. That's rough. why I say the real MVP <laughs> of that Super Bowl was the defensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, click. I'm not watching this. Um, but yeah, that <laughs> was and to your point about diversity, I think, you know, the Rooney rule is just sort of like a joke. Um, they claim, they just interview their sham interviews. They're not hiring people. And so, I don't know. Look how long it took to really get black quarterbacks. I mean, there's a bunch of them now, but when I was at Howard, yep. everybody was just excited because of Doug, I can't think of his last name. Doug Williams, thank you. I mean, yeah, was everyone was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I looked back on, you know, uh, with the Super Bowl just passed, my Monday, for um, history months, um, I tried to put up as many people and things related to whatever history month it is for my class. And with it being Black History Month and then the Super Bowl just happening, I put up a thing about Doug Williams. And when they're talking the first starting Black quarterback to win a Super Bowl, yeah. I'm like, damn, this is like within my lifetime. Like, I was, <laughs> it's not that long like, ago. Like, I was, yeah, I was just like, holy crap. Yeah, I was, I was like, how? wow. Which yeah. is, I mean, in my life, that's a long time ago. But in history, historically speaking, as old as the NFL is, that's not that long ago. No, it's not. So, yeah, I remember they won my freshman year and my senior year. Um, and you know can't call them the Redskins anymore, but the Redskins. Um, yeah, that was a that was incredible, and everybody was super stoked about that one. I think I had a I followed NFL for my whole childhood. It was my sport because I was surrounded by my brother and uh, relatives that liked the liked the sport, and so I would watch it, and they would explain it to me, and I had like a a little book. And it would put all these football players. And I think the only black quarterback I remember from the 70s was Vince Evans. <laughs> I think he played wow. for the Chicago Bears, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was the only one I thought of. And then 
and then we had Doug Williams and then like Randall Cunningham yep. and it started to be like Warren Moon yep. little little trickles and then finally it was like oh okay so anyway. well, remember what they used, remember what they used to say like not smart enough not, not, not smart enough to be quarterback blah, blah, blah. and lo and behold black quarterbacks changed the entire makeup of the game forget that being in the pockets type stuff no we, you know, uh-uh, we're, we're, it's a double threat now. Yeah, and uh, like somebody like Lamar Jackson, who I hope makes the next level, you know, um, he seems to be getting better. He had a little low this year, but he seems to be getting better every year. He just has to make that that leap to the next level. But he's like, he runs the ball like a, a, a running back. Like, he just takes off and it's like, well, there he goes. I mean, he's juking, and I wish he holds the ball a little closer to his body. But you know, he's a, he's phenomenal, and yeah. he's like otherworldly with that speed. I, I don't know what's uh, that. They're like, they're, they're like, like aliens. <laughs> you know, you look at Mahomes, and you know, I I mean, we have no other football team here, so I and the Rams are dead to me. So I watch the Chiefs, and it's like, man. So. I don't know. It's a good time. It's a good time if you're a football fan. So, all right, Kevin, I'm not going to hold you on here all night. I'm glad uh, to have had this time with you. We're almost up to a half an hour. See? Pretty really? painless. Yeah, I'm at 28 minutes. Oh, wow. Yep. Pretty painless. So, cool. I will let you go here. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You are welcome. I appreciate you too. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.